You're listening to The Week in 10 from EO Audio. Today is Friday, August 18th, and I'm your host, Emily Olson. This is the podcast where we take the top headlines from the East Oregonian and break them down for you in an audio format that takes less than 10 minutes for you to listen to. It's a new idea we're trying here at the East Oregonian, so we want to say up front that your feedback is really important to us. Please let us know what you like and what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of, and if you do enjoy it, be sure to share it with a friend. A lot of folks don't even know what a podcast is, so it's up to us to spread the word. We're starting today with this week's top story. Pendleton hosted not just one, but two marches this week in support of two very different causes. Here to explain more is East Oregonian reporter Antonio Sierra, who covered both of these marches. Hi, Antonio. Hello, Emily. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Excellent. Hey, well, I was wondering if you could start by just telling me a little bit about the march on Wednesday. Specifically, what was the cause there? So the cause that they were out there uh, rallying for uh, was a case uh, currently happening in Las Vegas, Nevada, in U.S. District Court. Uh, uh, The case revolves around a 2014 standoff between a rancher named Cliven Bundy and uh, the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, It's been going through the legal process for a while, and it's finally reached trial. Uh, The jury is currently deliberating the fate of four men who were involved in that standoff. And uh, Holly Jo Beers, a woman from Athena, decided to organize a rally and a march to to support these men and to also uh, draw attention to what she views as uh, anti-constitutional and uh, kind of the biased efforts of the prosecution as well as the judge involved in that case. And how many people attended that march on Wednesday? There were about 13 people there who who were out there in support uh, of that cause. And how does that stack up to some of the other marches we've seen recently in Pendleton? It's a pretty short history in terms of protests in Pendleton, but it's generally a lot smaller than some of the left-leaning protests that have uh, uh, been happening in Pendleton recently. Uh, I would say it's comparable to the anti-Dakota Access Pipeline protests, although that number fluctuated uh, and been ongoing for about a year. Well, moving on to uh, yesterday's march, I'm wondering, what was the cause there? So uh, this march was connected to the events in uh, Charlottesville uh, last weekend. And uh, there was a a Pendleton woman named Ashley Jones decided to organize it after uh, those events. Um, I'm wondering if you could explain those events maybe a little bit for our our listeners who who might not know anything. So last weekend in Charlottesville, uh, there was a group of uh, white nationalists, white supremacists, and neo-Nazis who uh, decided to protest the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville. Um, They gathered. uh, There was also a gathering of counter-protesters. They occasionally uh, clashed and violence erupted, um, and uh, it seemed to culminate in a, a car driven by one of the um, white supremacist protesters, uh, killing a woman and injuring several other people. Um, So uh, this was in response to that uh, event. And so the sentiment here was more about anti-hate? Right. Yeah, it was was kind of an anti-racism protest in general. Um, and it, uh, it was uh, there was there's of course mention to those events, uh, but uh, also just uh, in general that uh, racism should be combated and should be 
um, uh, should be always spoken out against. Uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. So what was what was attendance like for this rally? Um, it, there, I spoke with the organizer, and she was um, uh, she wasn't quite sure how many people were there. Um, just kind of doing the eyeball test, it looked there were more than a hundred people there, wow. which has kind of been uh, since the women's march in January. Uh, it's kind of been the standard amount of people who come out for these kind of uh, events. So it was more than a hundred people. Um, it was a kind of a march throughout downtown Pendleton and kind of uh, uh, ended in a downtown park. So, And who uh, spoke specifically at this rally? Uh, so uh, in addition to uh, uh, Ashley Jones, the organizer, uh, Pendleton Mayor John Turner spoke, which was uh, a pretty big um, development. Uh, there's been several of these kind of left-leaning uh, marches and uh, demonstrations, and this is the first time they've had a, a local elected official uh, uh, speak at one of these events. Um, and he spoke about his time in, in the Marines and, and spoke about, his, uh, about how the military is a meritocracy and uh, the importance of recognizing people's uh, contributions rather than um, their skin color or their religious affiliation um, and kind of couched it a little bit in patriotic terms and, and the Pledge of Allegiance and liberty and justice for all. Um, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was very interesting to have a, a, a kind of a sitting elected official participate in, in something like this. Wow. Well, I'm sure that was a big deal for, for Pendletonians to see him out there. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the input, Antonio. We really mm -hmm. appreciate your time. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Here's other top stories you need to know this week. If you live in Echo, you might have noticed some sci-fi-worthy aircraft buzzing around. The Future Farm Expo came to Umatilla County this week, hosted at the Pendleton Convention Center. The expo was a three-day exp exposition of unmanned vehicles, robots, drones, mobile apps, and other technology meant to transform farming in the 21st century. The expo brought in a host of high-tech developers in large companies like Yamaha Motors and John Deere to meet with growers in the field. Organizers believe the expo might bring in more of these innovators to the Columbia Basin, a region that's already responsible for tens of billions of dollars in farm value. Staffing shakeups hit the city of Umatilla this week. Tamara Mabbitt announced that she's leaving her longtime post as Umatilla County Planning Director to become the city of Umatilla's new Community Development Director. This newly created position could help bring big changes to the city, including expansions to downtown and an updated parks and recreation program. Other staffing changes include a new Public Works Director. That'll be Jason Barron, who has worked for the city's Public Works Department for 16 years. The city is also looking for a new city planner. The city is also looking for a new city planner. The former planner, Bill Searles, left to take a job in another city. This week saw news in the 2016 shooting of Thad Nelson of Meacham. Nelson died in January after being shot by bullets from two different firearms. He was 44. Now headed to prison is Joseph Aaron McIver, one of four defendants facing charges. The 23-year-old MacGyver of Umatilla pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit burglary and second-degree manslaughter. He was served with a seven-year sentence. And finally, my favorite story of the week is one called Sir Hoppy's Harvest. It's a story of unlikely friendship. EO reporter Kathy Ainey writes that a local wheat farmer, Jay Kales, noticed a grasshopper jumping around in the cap of his harvester about a month ago. Now, grasshoppers and farmers don't generally become friends. 
the leggy insects have a nasty reputation for chewing through crops and causing severe damage. But the farmer had a soft spot for this little guy, who loved the air-conditioned cabin. So he kept him. He gave him a Gatorade cap full of water and some weeds to munch on, and he named him Sir Hoppy Legs, or Sir Hoppy for short. Hale's family heard about the grasshopper and started texting the farmer for updates. His stepmother packs a lunch every day, and she decided to include a small bag of lettuce for Sir Hoppy. Hale said the grasshopper is the quiet type who stays low-key, except for one day when he jumped onto Hale's knee. As of Wednesday, 28 days after Sir Hoppy's appearance, the pair were still hopping along happily. You can find that story and more at eastoregonian.com. We'll be back next Friday with another edition of The Weekend 10. In the meantime, be sure to follow The East Oregonian on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to stay updated on local news. And leave us feedback on what you'd like to see in podcasts and more. I'm your host, Emily Olson. Thanks for listening.